Hi there! Welcome to the Healing Unscripted podcast, where we talk about all of the complicated, beautiful, infuriating aspects of healing. I'm Megan, and I am so glad you're here. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I am so excited for today's episode because guess what? We are talking about Dungeons and Dragons, one of my favorite things in the world. So before we get started, let's go ahead and talk about what Dungeons and Dragons is. So first of all, it's also called D&D. That's probably what I'll call it throughout this episode. It just rolls off the tongue a little easier. Um, And it is something called a tabletop role-playing game. So tabletop means that you gather in person when, you know, there's not a pandemic going on and you play with dice, basically. You roll these dice to make decisions for your characters and the characters make up the role-playing game aspect of it. You role-play as a character that you create and it is literally so fun. This game is incredibly fun. When I first joined a couple of years ago, I was very hesitant um, because I've always thought of myself as nerdy, but I didn't think of myself as quite that nerdy. But it turns out I am. I am 100% that kind of nerd and I absolutely love it. But the reason that we're going to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons on this podcast specifically is because D&D has also been so incredibly helpful for my mental health. So let's back up to a therapist that I had, oh, a couple of years ago who I I didn't continue seeing because we moved, but I liked her very much. She was very nice, but she had this suggestion that I should join an improv group, to which I said, no, 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 no. That sounds awful, Becky. Why, why would you tell me to do that? (laughs) And her explanation was that improv can be a really good place to sort of practice social interactions in a low stakes kind of way. You know, if you mess up, it's okay. And to me, that's not really how I interpret improv. That's not how I interpret any social interaction, even something like an improv group. It's never okay to mess up. And that's the perfectionist in me. (laughs) And that's probably what she was hoping I would get out of joining an improv group. But that seemed insane to me. That seemed like life or death. That brought up my fight or flight response full throttle. So I did not end up doing that actually. (laughs) But what I did do shortly after is start playing D&D. My husband and some friends from work were going to play and they invited me to join and I just figured, I don't know, why not? I'll give it a shot, right? (laughs) So I rolled up my first character. Her name was Anna Frey. She was a half-elf and she was a ranger, I believe, so bow and arrow type person. I created Enifrey to be just like me. Complicated backstory, quiet, uncomfortable in social situations. I really saw myself as Enifrey. And so for a little while, that was really cool to get to see this version of myself living in this fantasy world with elves and magic and curses and that was really cool for a little while. And then what started to happen is it got exhausting. It was so hard to be this quiet, perfectionistic person in real life and then to play this quiet, perfectionistic person in a game. It was like, isn't this supposed to be fun? And what it turned out to be was hard and 
a little sad, to be honest. So yeah, at first, Dungeons and Dragons was not necessarily great for my mental health. It made me feel trapped. It made me feel small. It made me feel like who I was as a person was not conducive to an exciting life. And then an opportunity arose for me to say goodbye to Enifrey and to create a new character. So I took it. And this time I made the character nothing like me. Her name is Marsyra. She is a bright pink tiefling, which is a half demon. She has tattoos. She's impulsive. And she's a barbarian, which means she's powered by her rage. So yeah, nothing like me, right? Wrong. That's the thing about D&D. That's one of the things I love so much is that it teaches you about yourself. And by playing this game and playing as Marsyra, I realized I'm kind of an angry person, which I had never really acknowledged before. And playing Marsyra helped me see that I didn't create a character that was nothing like me. I just created a character that was like me in all of the ways I had rejected for so long. I've always felt ashamed of being angry, ashamed of being impulsive, even ashamed of wanting tattoos. And Marsyra represented this huge part of me that I'd been denying for so long. And for the first time, this part of me was allowed to live in the world. And it felt incredible. Playing Marsyra has felt so good and so freeing to make these decisions that I'm always so afraid to make in real life. But Marsyra, she's allowed to make whatever decision she wants to make. She is allowed to be impulsive, to make stupid, reckless decisions. And guess what? They almost always work out. Even if they cause problems, there are ways around them. And that's the thing. Marsyra's smart, just like me. There are ways to get around problems when you create them. You don't have to hide from the world and prevent every mistake in order to be good. Marsyra is very good. She's in the process of saving the world with her friends. And she does it all while being angry and impulsive and reckless. For so long, there's been so many parts of myself that I rejected, that I was taught not to love. And D&D is teaching me that those parts of me are still lovable, even if I struggle with it. And that has been incredible. You know, I've been in therapy for six years, and therapy hasn't really gotten me to that point yet. But D&D? D&D is practical. It's something you actively do. It's not about just sitting and thinking or sitting and writing. It's about making choices and making choices with others. And I think a really key part of recovery and healing and all of that stuff when it comes to mental health is figuring out how to implement all of the things we learn in real time, in relationships, in the context of other people. And that's really hard to practice in therapy. You can practice with the therapist, but they're like the most well-adjusted person you know. Not everybody's going to be like that. D&D gives you real-world practice, asserting your boundaries and standing up for your needs and making choices even if you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And for me, that's been incredible. I, I honestly highly recommend that Everyone in therapy needs a little D&D group on the side. 
So as always, we're going to end this episode with a guided meditation. But before we get there, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me to know that you're out there. And if you want to help support the podcast, there's a couple of things you can do. So you can follow us on Spotify. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. um, But you can also just share this podcast with your friends. Let them know that you enjoy the show and see if maybe they would enjoy it too. So without any further ado, let's hop on into our guided meditation. We're going to start, as always, with a nice, deep breath. Breathe in through the nose. Feel your stomach expand. And then breathe out through the mouth. Feel your stomach contract. You are safe here. This is a safe place to lay down your burden and rest. Today, let's explore the different parts of ourselves, the different parts that make you, you. Because often, the front-facing part, the part that interacts with the world, is just a thin layer, and it does not reveal the tapestry that lies behind it. There is so much to you, and every part of you matters. Yes, even that part that you're thinking of right now, the part that you just wish would go away. It doesn't have to go away. Shame eats up the soul. Shame tells us that who we are is inherently bad. We're inherently broken, inherently defective. But shame is a liar, and you are under no obligation to listen to it. Today, we are going to allow shame to do whatever it's going to do, and we are going to elect not to listen to it. I want you to find the curious part of yourself. Find your inner child. The little kid that would collect bugs in jars or stack Play-Doh so tall it would finally fall over on top of your head or do other silly little kid things without thinking of being judged. I want you to find the serious part of yourself, the part of you that questions things, the part of you that worries about big existential problems that you know can't be solved, but that still exist nonetheless. Find the part of you that has to make peace with that. I want you to find the part that is willing to protect you, no matter what it takes. Even if you end up destroying half of your personality just to keep you safe, your protector will do it. Thank your protector and tell them it's okay to rest. That you are here to show up as your full self now, even if it's scary, 
Your protector will resist. Your protector wants to hide away the parts of yourself that might put you in danger in some way. Thank your protector for this impulse. Give them a great big hug. And then tell them to sit down. Because you're in charge now. You. The part that is all the parts put together. The whole. When you see yourself in this light as someone with countless parts that create a beautiful tapestry of emotion and existence, it's hard not to love them, right? It's hard not to love this complicated, unique creature that you are. Go forth today and trust that this tapestry is worth showing the world exactly as it is. Peace be with you.